The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze this dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And we welcome two guys who know how to escape a space hunter in a jungle, John and Jeff from Predator Minute. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> time. Thank welcome you for having person. us on. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Welcome to Minute 52. Snake lays down the heavy truth to brain, but there's a bit of resistance of acceptance to the idea. However, Maggie and an automatic weapon are compelling, and we end the minute with a bit of what do you do for a living, chit-chat, and the crew heads out on the next leg of their adventure. Well, um, this minute doesn't have much going on, um, but, uh, <laughs> but there's, there's well, an Thanks outside. for having us on, Eric. Yeah, uh, it's uh, been a great show. Hey. from New York minute. Uh, that, that, that was a horrible way to start this episode. Uh, so, His shirt well, is very shiny. <laughs> so Snake tells Snake is in the middle of a sentence, and he's telling everybody in the room that they've only got so long before Mr. President doesn't mean a whole lot. And you know, he's like, "I know something." We, we finished last minute saying, "I know something you don't know." Ha ha! And, and this is the something that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And to me, it brings up the question of if Snake we're not to get the president in time before the big world summit is finished, but the president is still alive and the time runs out and, and China and, and Russia both uh, leave the summit and go back home. Would they just leave the president there and be like, Oh, well we missed the summit to hell with the escape mission. I mean, would snake still be, I mean, snake would die because the things would explode in his neck, but like, what would be, what would Hauk do? Would they just say to hell with it and leave him there? I'm just wondering about snake saying the president won't mean a whole lot in X number of hours. Right. I would think they would send in someone like Fresno Bob, maybe, to... <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. As we revealed last week in, in behind-the-scenes info, Fresno Bob was skinned alive by the U.S. police force. So. Yeah. Oh. I saw oh, that. Hey, hey, much like uh, the Predator probably would do. Yeah, exactly. yeah, did he get strung up to a palm tree? And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with John, though. I think they would just find some other uh, mercenary to send in and give him the whole same spiel and put two more bombs in his neck and just... Just repeat the process. <laughs> yeah, we find out, like you all said way on early in the movie, that everything is based on the president being at that summit in time, or at least his recording being at the summit in time. Right. So would he just be uh, a casualty of this failed mission? Uh, who's, who's to say? Who's to say? Has there ever been like a similar circumstance where... No, that makes no sense. Why? When, when in history has something like this ever happened where you have to <laughs> save someone in order to, basically to give an address and then you just say, nah, forget them. We, we didn't make the deadline. Good luck in uh, Prison <laughs> Island. And, and not only that, but I mean, you know, we've sort of talked in the past also about how it's almost like the cassette is more important than the president himself. Oh, totally. Mm, yeah. Totally. I do love the exchange here between Harry Dean Stanton and and snake and uh and you find out that they knew each other in a past life right yep Mm -hmm. yeah um 
and uh, he really kind of needles him, and and uh, Brain tries to call him on his so-called bluff, but uh, that that what was it, John Mac Mac Ten? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's 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 hoisting the Mac Ten at them <laughs> with full uh, suppressor and rifle scope. Nice. I this up on the IMDb. You were showing incredible firearms. restraint to your listeners of your show. <laughs> no, you incredible restraint. <laughs> I'm holding it back so hard. <laughs> uh, but his Mac 10 is quite convincing, and and eventually it actually doesn't really take him much. He just cocks it once and holds it up, and and then just like that, they're they're on their way. They're ready to go and help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like you said, they have a history together. I mean, Brain yeah. Brain knows him, and you know. Uh, he can't he's got to know snake will blow them away there's no way snake's bluffing yeah and clearly brain has wronged uh pliskin in the past because if this were someone pliskin didn't know he would probably still be holding the mac 10 up to them uh, threateningly but because it's someone he has a past with he really sounds like he's going to enjoy blowing (laughs) in a way if (laughs) if he if it comes to that yeah, he even says like even if it's not true, even you know, I'll just have have a little fun and fire yeah. this thing a few times. <laughs> yeah. Gonna have him some fun here with that Mac. Ah, yeah. there you go. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I really enjoy the setting here. Um, I I love how he's not having to ask with the uh, the what oil rig the pump there is in the background, and we as an audience are not going to find out until next minute or so why that's there mm-hmm. uh so it's it's one of those movies that requires repeat viewing so that you can say uh so that you can review in your head later what does he mean like refining you know the gasoline then when you see here the brain's library the titular brain's library you're thinking oh that's how they're doing it they're somehow pumping up oil in the middle of this library that doesn't <laughs> seem safe <laughs> they need. They should be wearing some sort of gas mask or something. The fumes have to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you all talk about the library last week? Uh, yeah, we did. And actually, our guest last week came up with an, an attempt at an explanation of how he was actually able to be mining oil down through <laughs> Manhattan's rock. Right. Um, but but we did not touch on the fumes, and that's a very good point. Oh yeah, that must be terrible. Yeah. Just ruin the ambiance of that nice library. <laughs> and they're they're standing right in front of some open flames in the yeah. fireplace. <laughs> no. Hey, we're, we're there's like we're drilling in the for background. oil. Let's yeah, let's light some candles. <laughs> well, there's also a bunch of cobwebs on this candelabra too in the corner, which I'm like, you know, you can have a whole oil rig system, but you can't just like swiffer that shit. Just you know, like clean up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> also, well, wouldn't even the Molly? Wouldn't even the candle flame even burn the cobwebs away? I mean, how could they even be there? No, that's true. Or I don't know, maybe they're super goth and they're like, "Ooh, Halloween's awesome!" Like <laughs> we're in prison, we're gonna still do Halloween and we're gonna do this. But yeah, I'm still gonna do Halloween. <laughs> you know what? We it was. It's never established in this movie what time of year this is or the date. Maybe it is Halloween. Yeah, could be That's Halloween. True. I mean, that would seem to be the one holiday still celebrated on a prison island. <laughs> 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 I'm going to wear an eye patch. (laughs) (laughs) That might explain Harry Dean Stanton's scarf. That is. (laughs) Cabby make a a good Santa, though. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He has his own sleigh and everything. 
He's ready to deliver some toys out of <laughs> that dingy cab. <laughs> yeah, you just got to pop the roof, toss the toys up out of the roof. So we get a cliche here, and I wonder what the three of you think about it here. Right before they leave Brain's library, he's, he says, <laughs> one thing, don't call me Harold. Don't and call me Harold. <laughs> it, it's, it's really, and it's a very much overused thing in movies and television. And um, I just wonder what the three of you think about uh, John Carpenter sticking a cliche like that in here. Uh, I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's a fun little get-to-know-you moment for Harry Dean Stanton's character, Brain, uh, because I don't think you're really learning about any of the characters of this movie, so to have like a little preferential naming here, um, I think, serves the character well. Um, along that, it's just kind of a fun fact that he's Harry Dean Stanton and his character's name is Harold. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that happens in movies and TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to admit, uh, I had forgotten about that line, and when on my rewatch, uh, when he says that, it did kind of make me chuckle. So perhaps I am uh, simple-minded, but I did kind of yeah. find it a little funny. <laughs> 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 uh, but it, I, I don't know. It kind of speaks to their. They have a clearly they're adversaries in this situation, but they have a history together, and so that that line does just speak a little bit to their familiarity with one another, and um, you know him kind of saying, "Look, you can do what you want to do here, but don't call me Harold." <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of uh, um, is Brain a name? Is that like his New York prison name? Yeah, that's okay. what I just took it as. Yeah, so he always knew him as Harold. Like yeah, maybe like maybe I don't. I have a sense he wasn't brain before the prison. Otherwise, as soon as Cabby said, "I'm going to take it and be brain," Snake would have known who that was probably because how many guys could be nicknamed Brain? Yeah, um, sure. And so probably he's in prison now, and he's like, "Well, you know, I guess this is my life," and they call me Brain. So you know, I never liked the name Harold anyway. So you know, no one even. Know, I mean, Maggie doesn't even know his name's Harold. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it, de- it definitely reminds me of. Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, where his dad keeps calling him Junior, junior <laughs> instead of Indiana, and he and Indiana shoots a bunch of Nazis and says, "Don't call me Junior." Right. There, right. <laughs> yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. We'll, we'll call ahead to a, a future movie. See, I kind of presume that you know Fresno Bob has like a sweet nickname, <laughs> and Snake has a sweet nickname, but you're known as Harold and the crew. Yeah. You know, and so I kind of figured that I had this whole mental backstory that he got into prison and all of these guys have nicknames once they get in and that he finally found his little corner of the universe. Like he he found his true calling and he became brain. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of speaks to him finding his own like his own identity within prison. Then now he has his own like nickname here, but his people didn't give him one. And maybe that's why he's salty. You know, maybe there's some like deep bro emotional wound there from the crew, you know? Yeah. And his nickname is even not like a cool, like hardcore nickname. It's basically like nerd is what his nickname is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like in, uh, in, uh, um, uh, oh shoot. I'm sorry. Um, it's college, college movie, uh, from the late seventies. Um, Animal, animal House? Animal House, yeah, sorry, thank you. It's like an Animal House when they are giving everyone nicknames and they turn to the kind of chubbier guy and they're like, your nickname is Flounder. <laughs> <laughs> Brain. <Right>. Nerd. <laughs> your nickname is Nerd. <laughs> that's true, I mean, Duke, that's an awesome nickname, you know. 
cab. Yeah. He's it's pretty straightforward. He's the guy that drives the cab. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie doesn't have a nickname. We came up with her one for her last week. We figured maybe Quaff because of her hair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like how you guys focused on a different body part than the obvious one. That's good. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I, you know, we have Molly on the show. I have a comment to make about that in, in just a second. Because when okay. they do go outside, she puts on like a blazer. She does. You know, to stay warm. Yeah. Of course, not, all, not, the not all the way. Are all out. But like not all the way. It's like I'm gonna go and warm myself around the bosom, but not actually put on a like a, a scarf even, you know, stuff it down in there, nothing. Just they're just out. Just just out for all to see. But hey, God bless, you know. It's cool. He's gonna be ready for that uh topless tacos in Portland and <laughs> whenever that is. <laughs> I saw that post on movies by minutes page. <laughs> no. I'm taking off my top, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we do have really good tacos down here, though. Just saying. <laughs> if, if you guys do have work, good tacos. Do the workers at the topless taco? Oh boy, we're going off on a tangent now. <laughs> do the workers at the topless tacos? You know, if, if you work in, in food, you got to wear a hairnet. Oh you know? God! I mean, like, there's got to be some. You know, I mean, there's got to be some equivalent, right? Just stay away from the fryer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! First. <laughs> so back to so her name is Quaff. Is that what we decided? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Quaff. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you could call her Decolletage, I guess, if you wanted to. Uh, oh my! Yeah. Well, you know, a fancy way of saying it. <laughs> a very refined upper class way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> so they leave Brain's library, and there goes our our fan Facebook group environment, never to be seen again. And mm. they walk out, and and. Snake and Maggie walk out, and there's this look between the two of them as Snake is asking Brain, you know, what do you do for the Duke? And they're just kind of, I, I don't know what the look's supposed to be. Like, this, like, they're still sizing each other up, even though they've already had the interaction from the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly, you got any interpretation of that? You see what I'm talking about? Like, seconds 47, 48, 49? Yeah, I do see what you're saying. I mean, I... I mean, who knows? But my theory is, from what I've been reading, there's a a thought that Snake is the only one. Snake is caring about Maggie above everybody else who who he's met here in this world. Um, and so there's some of that. And I think the other part of this is just a moment ago. I think Maggie reads the room really well, and she was the one who really primarily advocated for his perspective that actually the president isn't going to mean anything. And so once, you know, brain was like, Oh, he's lying. He's lying. She's like, well, maybe he's not. And she kind of reads it right. And she, you know, kind of convinces brain to go along with him. So I think in this moment, there's this kind of like knowing sizing up here, but there is this kind of like, Hey, we we're sharing a moment, which is a little bit, almost like off not off camera but it's it's really background because yeah. you've got cabby adjusting his pants out front so <laughs> <laughs> which is a little distracting but i think that's what it is that they that they've made this tentative alliance mm. well, yeah like they're yeah. going to start sharing some information here it's like uh, we'll we'll kind of size you up visually then we'll start talking possible plans and so the Duke, uh, Duke, uh, the brain 
tells Snake what he does for the Duke, figures things out for him, makes some gas. Now we now we know why that oil well was back there. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the 69th Street Bridge. And here we go again with the inconsistency in this movie with getting some of the geography of Manhattan incredibly accurate and getting some of it incredibly wrong. There is no 69th Street Bridge in New York City. There are a lot of bridges in this city, and a lot of them lead Mm. out of Manhattan, so I don't know why they didn't just use a real one. I don't know what the purpose is of inventing a fake one for the script. In the draft script, it actually is the George Washington Bridge that they mentioned, so I don't understand... Uh, the change to a completely fictional bridge in a city filled with bridge with real bridges. Hmm. Oh, that is Maybe. interesting. Could it possibly be like, I don't know why they would ever do this, but just some future bridge. Does the yeah. location of 69th street even make sense for there to be a bridge? I don't know Manhattan that well. Uh, it, yeah, it could. I mean, there's a 59th street bridge, so hmm. it's only, it'd only be 10 blocks North of that. So yeah, it could, which is like, why not just have it be the 59th street bridge? Which yeah, is. maybe it was, but then the, they read their line incorrectly. <laughs> and just left it in. <laughs> like 69th Street, nice. Leave it. <laughs> Sean Carpenter, so crude. <laughs> Did you all talk about uh, the building they're coming out of? The fake New York Public Library? Yeah, yeah. The Masonic Temple in St. Yep. Louis? Yep. Oh, Okay. Cool, cool. Uh, I would, I would say, I don't know if you pointed out this difference, but and they don't show the top of the columns. Um, you could have also told um, that it was not the New York Public Library by seeing the top of the columns uh, in classical architecture. The top of the column with the Ionic uh, order—that would be the kind of scroll-looking top of a column that belongs to the Masonic Temple—and the New York Public Library temples columns are topped off by Corinthian order column toppers which are like mm. kind of they're kind of like leafy and more ornate because mm. it's you know new york compared to st louis <laughs> john kind of, coming with the research well done nice. yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, I have a teacher. It's, it's one of those things that i look for whenever i see columns can't help it <laughs> <laughs> how are your columns plus how they have columns? that uh, 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 is it yeah it's cabby right who's walking out and he puts his hand out on the Kind of looks like a, a lectern there on the steps, probably for Masonic celebrations. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are starting to get a window into John and I's relationship <laughs> where he does all this excellent research and, and puts everything together, and I just show up and make dick and fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so we both play our parts. <laughs> it takes the <a> village. <laughs> So I want to save for tomorrow's minute the since the thought's not complete here at the end of this minute where they're talking about um, the map and everything. So I want to since that thought is completed next minute, I want to I want to save that for that. But I do want to ask you guys both what's what's your history with this movie? Is it a movie you've known for a long time that you only saw yesterday? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, it's one of those movies that was just on cable growing up and I'd see bits and pieces of it and certain parts of it are really iconic in my mind, basically anything in the taxi cab and just snakes look. Um, but so much of it was out of my, uh, out of my zeitgeist, uh, until recently, until recent years. Then I, um, found the movie online, watched the whole thing, just 
loved it to pieces. I loved the simplicity. I loved the characters. Um, I love the audience having to do a lot of the work of trying to figure out uh, the meaning behind things or the backstories. Uh, and then I think I watched it one other full time about a month ago for research. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's where I am. I'm kind of like two full times and bits and pieces here and there. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, this is actually not a movie that I grew up with. Um, it's a title that I had always known. Um, but it wasn't until much later in my life that I discovered it. And, uh, it was around my early thirties that I really started to kind of get into, uh, almost obsessively like, genre films, action movies, horror movies. And uh, of course, if you're going to get into that, you run into John Carpenter very quickly. And uh, in going through John Carpenter's entire filmography several times over, this this movie has become probably my second favorite in his filmography mm. um, after The Thing, which is like my all-time favorite movie. But mm. um, I, I love Escape from New York. It's It's something that if it's if I put it on, I can put it on in the background while I do stuff. Um, and yeah, I, can, I, I know the story well enough. I can just kind of check in and I love all the different scenes and all the different weird characters that show up throughout. I love that it's sort of an action movie, but also not. Um, and John Carpenter's direction is like so very restrained, uh, but efficient and on point through the whole film. It's, it's uh, just, I think one of his best. So I love this movie. Is this, what is this, the second of the pairing between Russell and Carpenter? Okay. Yeah, yeah the, Elv- I, the Elvis movie was the first one. Oh, so it's like four, right? Or five? Yeah, the, well, the thing came after this. Okay, and then Big Trouble in Little China. And, and that then, was after the thing, yep. yeah. yeah. Then Escape from L.A.? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, we don't talk about it. It's like talking about. Well, it's honestly, don't... like talking about any future Predator movie. Oh me. yeah, right. You guys are in the same boat. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and don't skip over They Live and uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Oh no! Right, of course. Eight John Carpenter films. Wasn't in those. Oh yeah. right. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I would never yeah, skip over They Live. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm almost out of bubble gum. Um, <laughs> Escape from L.A. is uh, a piece of shit, but I. <laughs> have a weird affection for how dumb and goofy it is. And if you just sort of watch it as like a shitty, like cult movie, I I think it can be kind of fun. You just have to sort of divorce yourself from the fact that it's so bad compared to this movie. (laughs) That's my, that's my problem with it. Like maybe if it was a standalone and I had seen it, like, all right, yeah, I I get it. I get what they're going for. But because I grew up with this movie as one of my classic movies and then, they waited so long to make the sequel, so this movie was cemented as one of those movies from my childhood that I watched all the time. I just couldn't divorce myself from that. So, you know, you yeah. get that, oh, my God, this is just, I, this movie is amazing, and now this is what he finally makes a sequel, and this is what he does with it? <laughs> I heard, too, that um, a whole bunch of, like, they quoted him an initial budget for Escape from L.A., and he kind of frame their movie around having that budget or put together some scenes and then they took it away from him and and removed a whole bunch of budget like halfway through production and i think that accounts for some of the horrible special effects that you get Mm, that would do it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah unfortunately i've also heard that ghost from mars was supposed to be originally like the third in the trilogy it was really supposed to be escape from mars and later they changed it just to be a, a different just sci-fi movie that's also not oh. very good. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've in researching for this show, I've read stuff about how Kurt Russell has said in interviews that, like, yeah, the, if they ever going to make a third one, there was totally like Escape from Earth or something like that and send Snake into space. And I always wondered if that, how accurate that was or how, and how tongue-in-cheek Kurt Russell was being in that. But you're saying Ghosts from Mars actually, uh, like, was born out of that idea? I, uh, I've read that the script for that started out as being a third escape movie. And um, eventually, because it is a, a Carpenter-directed movie, it's one of his last ones. And it's that's another one that's sort of just like a fun, sort of popcorn, cheesy movie. But um, it, it's not, you know, it's clearly not one of the best in his filmography. But mm-hmm. that, I, I can't remember where I read that or if it was in like a... A making of documentary or something, but um, I know I've heard that before. I, I, I don't know to what degree um, it was really going to be an escape movie if it was something that was really considered seriously for a while. But um, I've read that that was Carpenter's initial thought for that fil- for that film, that screenplay. Hmm. Yeah. So one All of right, the things I, that oh sorry go no ahead, no Eric. go ahead no go ahead um, I I was kind of curious because it's something that we've discussed with previous guests um, and I think Eric and I are of the same mind on this but do you guys consider this to be a sci-fi movie? Uh, mm. I I think I do. Um, I think it was a sci-fi movie in its time. You know, uh, a lot of the the quote unquote science in this movie probably seemed very futuristic at the time. Um, all the cool, you know, sp- special effects they do at the beginning with the flyover of the city and um, just the idea that Manhattan has been quarantined. You know, it's I guess it's you could lump it in as more of a post apocalyptic sort of dystopian future type of deal. Um but I've always looked at this as sort of being like a action slash sci-fi film. Yeah, I would have to agree if I'm lumping in post-apocalyptic dystopia into sci-fi for sure. And the fact that uh, John Carpenter had to come up with a lot of those, uh, what would you call them, like computer effects when they right, were not even using computers, like right. the like the the glowing black light um diagram of the city as he's flying the goal fire in yeah yeah i I think so i think i think it partly qualifies as sci-fi because of the methods you had to use in order to create a somewhat believable future i think that's what makes this movie so unique is it it's it's you know people hear the title that makes them think of sci-fi makes them think action but when you watch the movie itself like there are action sequences here and there um, but a lot of the movie is just kind of a snake moving through the city and interacting with different characters. And it, uh, it moves along at a really good pace, but it's, it's almost like a drama as well, or sort of a mystery as he tries to unravel what is going on in this place, who these people are, what the hierarchy of power is and how he can make his way to the president. And a lot of that is not centered around action. It's just centered around, characters and and trying to figure out this world mm-hmm. yeah one of the things that doing this minute by minute has really in my mind this movie was always an action movie and and doing this minute by minute it really has has occurred to me it really is not you know there's actually yeah. a lot of action sequences in it but there's there's a lot of long stretches of just yeah talking and walking around yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, but for some reason that, at least with me, like I love that. I don't know. It, somehow John Carpenter is able to make that interesting and compelling and, I kind of can't stop watching because it does. It still moves quickly. They keep on moving from place to place and scenario to scenario, and you just kind of want to see, ooh, what's going to happen in this next little vignette, or what cool set piece are we going to get here? Um, it's just I don't know. It's just kind of a there's. I can't think of another movie that's like it. So yeah, everyone, as as Molly announced at the start, the, uh, these guys are the co-hosts of Predator Minute which uh, is one of my favorite movies by minute shows. And I, yeah. I, I guested uh, on a couple of episodes also. So uh, why don't you guys tell everyone about your show, where they can find your show. Ooh, go ahead, John. Oh, sure. Uh, we, re- we uh, release predator minute by minute on a weekly basis, usually on the weekend. That's where I'm uh, aiming to have everything edited and released by uh, on Saturday or Sunday or uh, Monday at the latest. Uh, and we are, in the process of just having released minute 48 and uh, minute 49 will be coming out as of this recording, but I know this will be coming out much further in the future. So I think this episode of your show will be coming out probably around minute 57, perhaps maybe 56 or 57. Well, I'll pull up the curtain here. I I don't really care who knows our process. We're we're like about (laughs) six weeks ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. That's awesome to be that ahead. Way to way way to go on that. But uh, <laughs> what's that like? We, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I, I tend well, to we do have like Brad chains to the mm. editing machine, so you know. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's like Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. Oh shit! Just <laughs> <laughs> working in an underground. <laughs> uh, but I I think I mentioned briefly, but um, one of uh, my. Uh, joys in putting the show together is just having all sorts of random audio drops. So we'll reference something, then we'll throw in an audio drop, either from the movie or not. So <laughs> sometimes there are more audio drops from outside of the movie Predator, outside the Predator movie verse uh, than inside it. Yeah, for any listeners out there that haven't checked out our show, uh, f- f- you should check it out, if only to hear John's uh, stellar editing and uh, and great uh, drops that he does throughout the episode. It, it has its own sense of humor, and it, whenever I listen back to our episodes, it cracks me up. So <laughs> kudos to John. Well done. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, like, yeah I, like, I like your humor and off-the-cuff uh, ability. That's, that's greatly appreciated. <laughs> Dick and fart jokes, you mean? Hey, that's what I mean. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, check that out and uh, come check us out on Facebook. We're uh, even though the movie has left Brains Library on Facebook, we're still in Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. Check us out on Twitter, NY Minute Pod. Uh, Rate and review us, please, and subscribe to us as well. And until next time, be on time, stay out of the sewers, and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall. Mm -hmm.